Hey, you guys, we are going to talk about Psalm 22, and we're going to talk about verse 6, where it says, I am a worm and no man. All right, here we go. So Psalm 22 was written 1,000 years before the birth of Christ, 1,000 BC, right? Before Christ. And it was penned by David. And David was the king of Israel at that time, and he wrote most of the Psalms, and he was a prophet. So that means he, God spoke through him, through David, and he penned the words that God gave him about future events. And one of those future events is in Psalm 22, which most of the rabbis at that time believed that this psalm was about the future Messiah. That's what they believed. And, um, and we're going to see that in this powerful, powerful scripture, Psalm 22. So I wrote a book on it, okay? And the book is titled Tola Shani, okay? And this book is where you find uh, in verse 6 there where it says, I am a worm and no man. Well, the Hebrew word is Tola. I am a Tola or Tola Shani and no man. And what it means is the Tola means worm and the shani means scarlet or crimson. So it's the scarlet worm or crimson worm. Well, in the Bible, that same tola or tola shani, we find in the books of Moses, and we find throughout the Bible. And what it was, was during Moses' time, God ordered them to make the, uh, you know, the fabrics for the priestly garments, uh, the scarlet yarn for the scapegoat, and the curtain for the veil that separates the holy place from the holy of holies. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was, right? So, so this tola was used. They would take these little grubs, these little, they look like a grub more than a worm, but they'd take these little grubs, and then they would dry them and crush them, and they would get this red dye from them, this crimson or scarlet dye. And that's where they got it, the dye for the temple uh, veil, for the, you know, the curtain, and for the priestly garments, and this scarlet yarn tied around the scapegoat. So that's a little history on this, uh, this uh, worm that we find in verse 6 of Psalm 22. All right. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, check out, uh, let's check out what this scripture actually says. So let's imagine it first. Okay. Uh, take a little journey, all right? So it's 32... A.D., almost 2,000 years ago, all right? 32 A.D., and you're one of the Jewish people living in the city of Jerusalem, okay? Let's just imagine that, right? So you're, you're living in the city of Jerusalem, and you want to go and worship God, so you take a lamb with you. It's almost Passover, um, and, and you purchase this lamb. It lives with you for five days, and then you take your lamb to the temple, up to that temple with you, because there was a priest there who would examine, scrutinize, and inspect the lamb for any blemishes. And they only wanted these lambs that were actually from the Bethlehem area, that were born in that area of Bethlehem. And those were the approved lambs at that time, around 32 AD, around when Jesus uh, was about to be crucified. So 
So you want to worship God, so you take this lamb with you, and the priest at the entrance of the temple examines, scrutinizes, cross-examines, and looks at the lamb, but he doesn't examine you, just the lamb. And once that lamb was approved, you were free to go in and worship, and that's exactly what you did. And so you go in, and you're just really stoked. You're, you're uh, absolutely joy-filled that you get to be in here. You're worshiping God. And later you see your little lamb being taken away to be a sacrifice, to shed its blood uh, for your sins and for your family's sins. That's how it worked, right? Well, then all of a sudden you hear this commotion in that Temple Mount area. You hear this commotion up in the northwest corner where the Antonio Fortress was, where, where Pontius Pilate and the, uh, the Roman soldiers were. And you hear this this mob, this crowd over there shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And then you hear that distinctive voice of Pontius Pilate say, but I find no fault in him. And they say, crucify him anyway. And at that moment, you look and you see your little lamb without fault, no fault in him, being led away for the sacrifice to pay for your sins, for the atonement for your sins, right? So then later, later on, after being in the temple for a while, it gets dark. Suddenly there's this darkness that just covered everything, very dark. And you see some people with torches, and you see, you could hear cries and a big mob again, but it's up in the, the east, up the hill, right, of the temple, up, just, just west of the temple, actually. And, and this is the hill called Golgotha which means the place of the skull. And you find someone who has a torch, you walk up there with them, there's this darkness that just, it's just so dark. Strange, because it's 3 p.m. What's going on here? And you get up to the top of this hill, and you could barely make it out, but you see three crosses with these, just from the light of the torches. There's three crosses up there, and Jesus, who's from Nazareth, He's up in the middle cross, and there's two criminals on both sides of him. And there was this darkness, and it lasted for three hours. So it was from, actually from noon to 3 p.m., this, this darkness. And some historians have actually recorded that this darkness was so dark that it was like you can wear it. It was like a darkness you could feel. Well, then, suddenly... Out of nowhere, you hear Jesus cry out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you realize that Jesus just took everybody there to Psalm 22. In fact, that's how the teachers of that time taught. They didn't have numbers on chapters of Psalms or verse numbers. He didn't say, the rabbi wouldn't say, Turn with me to Psalm 22, verse 6. That's not what they did. What they did do was they would announce the first sentence of it or the title of it, which the title of this one was uh, Aliyah Shakar, which means uh, the dawning of a new day, or the dawning, literally, is the title of the psalm. But here Jesus, being the rabbi he was, he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Taking everyone there to Psalm 22. And that's what you as a Jewish person would understand, is that, Jesus was taking you to Psalm 22. And guess what happened? 
Suddenly, it was light. The darkness lifted. It was bright and light out. And everybody can see all of a sudden. It was like a dawning of a new day. Remember the title of that psalm? Aliyah Shakar in, in the Hebrew, which means the dawning of a new day or the deer of the dawn, like the sun's rising. And now it was light after 3 p.m. This is what the Bible, the Gospels have recorded, you guys. So this book is all about that, you guys. Tolash Shani, it's about that crimson worm of verse 6 of Psalm 22. So suddenly Jesus broke the silence and the darkness with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The very first sentence of Psalm 22. And then he says, why? And then the psalm continues, why are you so far from saving me? And from the words of my groaning, oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. Remember, it was just dark for three hours in the middle of the day. So that you realize as a Jewish person, this psalm is being fulfilled right before your eyes. And it was as if David, who penned it 1,000 years earlier, it was as if he was looking through the eyes of Jesus on the cross as he recorded it because of the details that he records. And then later we see in verse 6 of this Psalm 22, But I am a worm and not a man scorned by mankind and despised by the people. Suddenly you look up and you see on that middle cross, you see people walking back and forth, scoffing and, and scorning Jesus, saying that, well, if he was so loved by God, why doesn't he help him get down? And, you know, it just hits you that this psalm is being fulfilled completely right before your eyes. But that I am a worm and no man in verse 6 means I am a tola shani, a tola Shani, which is actually a little grub like we talked about earlier. All right. This is what it looks like, you guys. Uh, this is the, the scarlet worm or crimson worm. This is a, a close-up of, of one of the young ones um, that are hatched from the eggs, and they live inside of the parent. So you can see this dark crimson color that this, uh, that this creature has. This here is a picture, okay? This is a picture of of an actual uh, apparent tola or tola shani. And here's all the, the babies that have hatched, the, the hundreds or, or thousands of millions of eggs that have hatched, and they're dyed with that same crimson color as the parent, the mature parent tola. So that's what you see there. And then it turns white after a while. So so what does the tola look like? What is and, and here's the scientific term for it. It's the, the cocos elicus, which is the... Uh, scarlet or crimson worm uh, uh, or grub, actually. And what does it look like? So here you see these are on in a common Israeli oak, a Kermes oak tree, and this is what they look like. They, they stick themselves to either the branch or the trunk or to the end of these limbs, and they eat off of the sap when they're uh, very mature and ready to uh, give life to their young. And then they only give life they give life to their young, their offspring, once in their life. So they climb up a tree or a piece of wood, and they stick themselves to that tree. And they grow and become that crimson red color. They grow to about a size of a, a large pea, about seven millimeters. And what they look like, here's a pomegranate. Very interesting, guys. So this is a pomegranate fruit. And what they actually look like is a mini pomegranate fruit. 
And inside of them, you could see like here's the pomegranate, all these these crimson seeds that are delicious and sweet, right? And here, you, could, you if you opened one of these up, you would see the eggs inside, much like that. So it's very interesting to me that the the original temple built by Solomon had God had pomegranates, uh, uh, had Solomon put pomegranates in the temple, and and actually the priest, the high priest, his garment, the ephod. Uh, had these woven out of the scarlet, the the, the tola stained uh, yarn, pomegranates. They were actually weaved together, and down the hem of the garment were pomegranate, uh, little yarn pomegranate shapes. Very interesting that God did this, right? So here we see um, uh, more, this is a, a blossom of a pomegranate, and here's a blossom as well of a pomegranate. And this is where they got the Star of David, according to Jewish history. This is where they got the Star of David. It also, uh, they say that this is where they've got the design for Solomon's crown. Very interesting. Here's the Tola again. All right, so the Temple Institute in Israel, just a few years ago, you guys, what the Temple Institute is, it's, a, it's a, uh, an organization in Israel who's dedicated to building the third temple, a new temple in Jerusalem, okay, today in our time. And what they're doing is they're collecting, uh, they, they've got the menorah built, the gold menorah built just like it used to be. They're following the specs that they find in the books of Moses and the Law of Moses. And they're dyeing the, they're making the priestly garments, the red belts for the priests. And they're, they're, they're finding that they had to do it, they want to do it exactly like the Torah, you know, the first five books of the Bible written by Moses. They want to do it exactly like it was prescribed in there and, and commanded in there. So what they did was um, the Temple Institute wanted to educate and train some young students on how to make this crimson uh, stained dye, this uh, Tola Shani. So the professor uh, illustrated in this cup, you could see it, where he actually took some of these Tola and they put them in a, a cup of water and he crushed them with these tweezers and it turned this crimson red color, much like the color of wine. Which, by the way, I'm going to go back to that pomegranate again, but the spiced wine that we find in the Song of Solomon was actually from pomegranate juice. Another interesting little side fact here. Pomegranate juice is very good for your heart. Well, in ancient Israel, the uh, the crushed tola in this this juice that they would make was actually from, used for medicinal purposes for heart, for the heartbeat, for a irregular heartbeat. Very interesting stuff. So here you can see the professor. He was showing the students how to harvest these tola. He actually found out that uh, he was going to order these tola uh, crimson worms from uh, from somewhere else to get a whole bunch of them so they can die uh, and, and do this demonstration. But then he found that they were actually right there, he discovered this, in Israel, right outside his doorstep and just north of Jerusalem in the area of Samaria. Um, they found on these oak trees that these crimson little grubs are right there. They're still there to this day. Very interesting stuff. And he actually said this is a part of the redemptive process of Israel. If he only knew what he just said. Very interesting stuff, guys. All right, so it climbs up a tree, this Tola, once in its life, and it becomes swollen to die and to give birth to its offspring. And this is when it becomes this dark red crimson color. 
And when it dies, it leaves a red stain on that wood or that tree. It literally bursts open and leaves a red stain. Forget this. Three days. The, the young tolak literally eat of the flesh of the parent tola. And for three days, there's this red stain on that trunk of a tree or that wood, the, the wood that it climbed up and attached itself to. And then after three days, it turns as white as snow, that little spot, almost like a snowflake, and it falls to the ground like a snowflake, you guys, which brings us to that verse in Isaiah 1:18. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. That word scarlet, shani, though they be as like shani, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson or like tola, they shall become like wool, like a lamb's wool, pure white. And that's what the Lord is talking about here. Your sins will be as white as snow, like that snowflake, that tola that turned as white as snow after three days of that crimson stain on that wood. Does this not speak of the cross, my friends? All right, so this is a, a shell of a parent tola, and these are the little babies that uh, were eating of its flesh. And then here's that white that it starts to turn. Very interesting, right? Amazing. Amazing what God did 1,000 years before Jesus was hanging on that cross. He gave us this verse, verse 6 in Psalm 22. I am a worm and no man. I am a tola shani and no man. Wow. And then the last part of this psalm, Psalm 22, is he that he has done it. And that's Asa, A-S-A-H in the Hebrew, which means paid in full, or that he has done it, that it is finished. And what did Jesus cry out from the cross? It is finished, to die, paid in full, finished. It's like the debt is done, paid for, guys. And that's what Jesus did on the cross for us. Such a powerful, powerful thing. There it is, Asa in Hebrew, meaning it's finished. So this book, guys, um, this book that I wrote, um, you can get it on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble. Uh, you can get it uh, other places. You can get the e-version at Apple iBooks and other places. But um, anyway, I just I wanted to share this on a video with you and... Um, and just describe a little bit what this book uh, will go into detail about, you guys. And then there's also uh, uh, this book, Road to Emmaus, which is how to find Jesus in the Old Testament, okay? Um, in this book, you'll see the story of Joseph. You'll see uh, Abraham and Isaac going up the mountain, and that's a clear picture of Jesus and his father going up the cross, and he became the sacrifice. And so this book is, is very good if you want to uh, see Jesus in many, many places in the Old Testament. And I also wrote a book on Joseph, Old Testament Joseph. goes into great detail about how Joseph is a picture of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So that's a, that's a pretty good-sized book. And then here's another one. It's called The Same Today, and this is a book about my life and how God has shown me amazing grace and mercy in my life and how I discovered God's grace 
Uh, there's plenty of miracles in here. It talks about when I was in Third Ranger Battalion. I was a surfer, pro surfer for a little while. Um, and all these things that led up to this recommitment that I made uh, in my 30s uh, to the Lord. Um, and um, this book will go into great detail about, about God's great love, His amazing grace, and His great love for us. So, all right, you guys. So the last thing I want to do in this episode is I want to show you the crimson worm of Psalm 22. I actually have them right here. I found out that you can order these. Now, um, the name is a little bit different, but this is a bottle of them, of the dried uh, crimson worms you can see there. And and they're actually called the, the cochineal worm, or the another word is the crimson worm or scarlet worm. And what this is, it's an organic way of getting this crimson dye. Some people use it for watercolors and other things, arts and crafts, um, things like that. But I actually have some right here. So they're dried. Um, I'm going to take one out for you to kind of, maybe you can see, maybe you won't, but, but I do want to demonstrate how it does dye, how it does make this crimson red color. It's pretty amazing. So here's a dried one. They're really tiny because they're, they're dried. They're not the size of a pea, but what this was, it was a mature tola that was scraped off of a tree and, um, and it was actually, uh, uh, the size of about a pea. Uh, you know, when it was before it was dried, but this is what the Israelis would do. They would dry them out in the sun, and they would have these. And then, so here's a glass of of clear water. Okay, and I'm going to take some of these, just a couple of them here. Doesn't take much, and I'm going to put them in this glass of clear water. Okay, and what happens is when you start to crush them, and I probably should have crushed them first, but when these are crushed, they start to give out that crimson red color. It's just amazing. And uh, and, and uh, we could do that in this uh, container right here. It's already starting to turn a little bit of a pink uh, color. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a little bit in this, um, uh, this, this wood cup, which is designed for uh, uh, crushing uh, for food. But you could see that... Well, it's kind of hard to see in the camera, but this is actually turning a, a, a pink color already. But here in this right here, I put a couple of them in here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and crush them. This is how they would do it. Into a powder. And we're going to go ahead and pour that into this cup, which is already turning a pink color. Okay. And then we'll go ahead and stir this up a little bit. And you can see that it's already turning crimson red. Pretty amazing. So these are the actual Tola Chinese. Um, the same one that Psalm 22, verse 6 is talking about. Isn't that amazing, you guys? Look at that. Wow. So they would take this and they would uh, boil it, and then they would dip the, uh, the, scar the yarn and um, fabrics into this to get that uh, crimson color. This is what they made 
how they got the, the color for the veil of the temple, the red belts for the, for the priests, and also for the ephod and the scarlet yarn. All right. Well, hey, I hope you guys uh, enjoy this book if you uh, read it. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and God bless you, and God bless the kingdom of God coming soon to this world.